once again to another edition of Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Insight Credit Union. I am your host, Ricky Hazel, and I'm excited to be joined today by another member of the Stetson Baseball coaching staff, Joe Mercadante. Joe, welcome in. Thanks, Ricky. Uh, happy to be here. It's good to have you on. Now, we've been to, we've talked a lot about fall practice, and we want to talk some more about fall practice, but in your role as assistant coach and recruiting coordinator, a big part of your time is spent beating the bushes for those future hatters. So talk a little bit about how recruiting has changed, I guess, in the era of COVID. You can't go out and see kids anymore. Well, yeah, there's there's no question. It is uh, definitely a um, uh, untraveled road for all of us trying to kind of figure out how to navigate it and, and get through the whole situation. It's, it's going on with the new NCA legislation they passed down. It's going to extend through April 15th of the, for the dead period. I think it's going to be a full calendar year without us being able to be out on the road. And, uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, new for all of us. I think it's obviously gone a lot more digital. It's gone a lot more, um, social media driven, video driven, data driven. Um, but our, our job can't stop just like anybody, you know? So I think we're just having to adapt and, and do the best we can. And, and ultimately there's a lot of challenges for things, uh, when it comes to evaluating players and, and young men in terms of makeup and things that you don't see on the video. So that's gotten a little bit tougher, but, uh, if, if you're wanting to do your homework and, and you have a good enough network, you can reach out and, and get, get info from guys you trust and, and really can, can make good decisions in, in that way. Now, obviously, kids can still come visit you, bring their parents, come visit campus, but even that's a little more difficult. Well, actually, yeah, that's one of the things they took they took off off the table as well. Is, is kids can come visit the campuses on their own and see the facilities on their own, but we we can't have any contact with them. So now it's it's completely virtual. Where you know, every now and then with with guys that are age eligible, we'll Facetime with them um, and kind of do things like that. But yeah, it's taken the whole face to face thing out of out of the game for sure. So even if they're walking around the baseball stadium, you've got to be on the phone Facetiming with them. That's that's unbelievable. That's yeah, gonna yeah make it's it, definitely different. It's going to make it increasing or incredibly difficult to build relationships, not only with the kids, but with their parents. It, it is. And I think it's, you know, choosing a, a university or college is such a big decision. You know, I think it, the trust factor has to be there. And, and it's one of the things that I take a lot of pride in from a recruiting standpoint is developing relationships and having that trust with the young men that are making decisions to give you three years if they're draftable, four years of their life. Um, you know, and that's, that's one of the things that that's definitely, uh, you know, you lose out on, but, um, try to make up with it, with the time. I, I got a lot more free time on my hands now, so I can be on the phone a lot more. I can, I can get to know kids a lot more and get to know their high school coaches, their travel ball coaches, their, um, you know, hitting coaches, w- what have you. And, and, you know, so it's, it's definitely just different, but, um, you know, obviously if, if you're willing to work for it and, and put in the time, you can still make a good decision and, and get some good young men to join the program. And obviously, mining for talent something obviously you've done well. You got 49 guys on the roster right now. You obviously didn't expect everybody back from last year, but you you brought in a, a great recruiting class. What have you what you see in the fall out of the guys that you recruited and signed last year? Well, you know, obviously with the, with the numbers that you spoke about with with guys getting an extra year eligibility, it it definitely made it a much uh, much deeper situation than you expected. Certainly. I think, but. Even with that being said, with, with 48, 49 guys, you know, we've got a handful of freshmen that are pushing to, to really have some uh, important roles for us, whether it's a starting capacity, uh, a big-time reliever out of the bullpen, uh, a plus defender in a certain spot. Um, and, and we really liked our class coming in, but I think, you know, you, you really look at how they stack up with, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22-year-olds, and, and they're 
they're right there neck and neck with a lot of these guys. So it just speaks volumes on, you know, not only the talent, but the competitiveness and, and the guys that are willing to come in and work hard in this, in this freshman class. And then the other side of that is you've got that many guys on the roster. How do you go talk to a kid now and say, come in next year, you'll have a chance to compete when you see all those names on there. And there are not many of them that won't be back. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think, uh, you know, with baseball recruiting, it's a lot different than uh, many of the other sports because um, you have the uncertainty of, of who's going to show up on campus with the amateur draft, sure. with um, transfers, with kids getting homesick. There's just a lot more turnover, mainly because of the draft um, hanging over your head, whether it's somebody on your roster that's draft eligible or it's a, a high school senior that you've signed coming in. Um, there's again, the uncertainty of whether or not they're really going to step foot on campus. Uh, so, so, you know, the, the 21 class, which actually just had, you know, signing day, I guess almost about 10 days ago, um, you know, we had a pretty good size group, uh, as it stood about a year ago. And mm -hmm. then, you know, your thought is obviously you're going to see how practices go in the fall, which would have just certainly just concluded. And then you make decisions. If you need to add another guy, add another two guys, because so-and-so looks like they're going to get drafted. Well, uh, you know, we had to kind of pause and, and slam the brakes and just kind of close up shop with that 21 class in a hurry, because as you, as you alluded to, um, there's not too much movement leaving with this roster next year. There, there's some grad school guys, there's some guys that have exhausted their eligibility and a couple of draftable guys, but you know, there, there is a possibility that you're not losing too much. Insight Credit Union is a proud partner of Stetson University Athletics. Insight has been bringing better banking to Central Florida for nearly 85 years. Insight Credit Union is your local go-to for lower rates on auto and other loans, credit cards, and more. Insight Credit Union and you, better together. Let's talk a little bit about these 21 guys that you signed, the ones you can talk about. Uh, most of them, I noticed, are Florida kids. You stayed at home with this class. We, we did. And, you know, one of the nice things, this is obviously my second go around coaching at a uh, private school. And the, the nice thing is when you're at a private school, everybody's an in-state kid because the tuition doesn't differ uh, in state or out of state. Um, so, but that being said, there was just, it was such a great year in the state of Florida in the 2021 class that um, we didn't see a whole lot need to to leave our backyard, so to speak. Um, you know, obviously we've got Simon who's, who's from Quebec and then, um, you know, Nicholas Deschamps is actually another, uh, Quebec kid that's moved down here and is actually in school here in the state of Florida. So our, our two out of state guys are both Canadians, both French Canadians, um, and, and actually have a, a, a long history of being battery mates, which is really cool that, that cool. it ended up working out that way. Um, but yeah, we're excited about those two, but yeah, besides that, there's not going to be too much of a, of a culture shock for any of our guys in terms of a weather change or anything like that well let's talk about some of those guys start off with uh, from Lake Mary TJ Milani you know TJ was one of the first guys that um you know we we committed in that class and and I can tell you how excited we are to see him step foot on campus he is um one of the most competitive uh young men that I've ever seen toe, toe the rubber I, I've seen him pitch against the quote-unquote number one travel teams in the country and go out there and you know he's six foot six one but he pitches like he's six seven he pitches like he throws 97 um and his stuff's only getting better but the pitch ability is off the charts he's, he's the guy that's going to throw three pitches for strikes going to throw to both sides of the plate loves to pitch in um a guy that's got the makeup and the stuff to come in and, and can compete for a, a weekend starter position as a freshman now, most of these guys are all listing themselves as two-way guys, but you don't recruit most of them as two-way guys. A lot of these, a lot of these guys are arms. Um, no, yeah, there's there's only I think maybe one guy in that incoming class that that is going to have a shot to be a two-way guy, and they and they know that. But you know, when you when you go and get guys that are 
the best players on their team or their travel teams, oftentimes they have to wear two hats. Sure. You know, there's not too many guys that are stuck to one position. So from St. Augustine, Dylan Haynes is a left-handed pitcher and outfielder. Yeah, Dylan Dylan's going to be a pitcher for us, left-handed. Um, you, you're going to see the body. He's a five-nine sawed-off left-hander, but it is one of the quicker arms in that entire class for us. He's been up to 92 from the left side. Um, has two different breaking balls. He's a guy that uh, stuff-wise, again, he's a bulldog on the mound. He pitches like he's six-seven. Um, you know, he's going to come in and be a low 80s. I mean, a high 80s, low 90s guy as a freshman and um, uh, you know, probably falls into the bullpen right out, right out of the gate, being a lefty matchup guy for us. Uh, from Orlando, Dominic Scavone. Is that right? Dominic Scavone. Dominic Scavone, Scavone was another really early um, starter for that class and, and kind of set the tone for that class. Uh, has been a nationally ranked player for a long time, played on some of the top travel teams in the country, uh, a, a lockdown defender at third base. Uh, a plus defender that many of our fans uh, are going to miss John Miola. Um, he's going to, he may not have the flash, but he makes every single play and a lot of plays you don't think you should make over there um, and has the the hit tool to, to hit in the upper half of the lineup. So we're excited about Dom. Cooper Smith from Naples. Cooper Smith, a, a Stetson uh, legacy. Uh, his father, um, Jeff, played at Stetson, played in professional baseball for 10 years, mm-hmm. coached in the big league staff with the Twins Twins, recently. Yeah. Uh, Cooper is an is a, 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 a outstanding young man, left-handed guy, um, got some length to him, um, and just a guy that has a lot of upside left. He's got some really good pitchability. He's a mid-80s left-hander right now with a pretty good breaking ball. But what we like the most about him is the best baseballs in front of him. He's going to continue to grow and get better. He's been a late bloomer, a tremendous student, tremendous young man, uh, but one of those guys that's going to be you know huge for the, for the clubhouse for sure. Um, Dominic? Um... Stagliano. Stagliano. Yeah, Stagliano. Dom Stagliano. From Boynton Beach. We got some, yeah, yeah. we got some, uh, we got some, some interesting last names in this There's class. No that's doubt. for sure. <laughs> so tell me about um, Dom. Yeah, Dom is uh, another guy that played for a really good travel organization, the Scorpions, um, nationally ranked group. He was um, one of the later additions to that to that signing class, a right-handed pitcher, uh, three to four pitches for strikes, plus pitchability. Again, has some upside. Not going to be a flamethrower by any means, but um, has that one to two-plus pitches. And you're always looking for that on the road as you're looking for, you know, when you're recruiting a really loud standout tool or a really big one or two pitches where he can come in and get outs. And and Dom's got a, a changeup that almost works like the, the Brooks-Wilson split finger that we saw a couple years ago where he could almost tell guys guys that's coming and, and they can't lay off of it. So he's coming in the door with one plus pitch and, and has a chance to add a couple more. Evan Mastromaro from Port Orange. Yeah, right down the street. Um, former teammate of one of our freshmen, Camden Traficante. Um, Evan is a, a, a su- super athletic young man. Um, you know, he's kind of played all over the field, can play shortstop, can play second, can play center field. He's a, he's a really good runner, uh, can jump out of the gym, just quick twitchy. Uh, and been up to 89 on the bump. So he's one of those guys that that has a super quick arm. I think when we we committed him, we said it's a great athlete that knows how to play the game um, and may end up throwing 95 on the mound. So let's get him here. Let's throw him in the program and, and kind of see where he shakes out. But um, he's he's got a lot of upside and and comes from a winning program. I think you know that that's one of the things that you can look at our class here. Uh, a lot of these guys comes from come from programs that 
that are, you know, every year perennial winners. And, mm-hmm. and that's a, that's a big thing is getting guys in the program that know how to win, expect to win um, because that resonates in the clubhouse and it spreads. You mentioned this kid earlier, Nicholas Deschamps, who's playing in, I guess, in Mount Dora now, but he's Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another young man that's, uh, again, a Canadian, um, played for ABC, which is uh, the academy for, for uh, Canadian baseball out in Quebec. Um, he's one of those guys that has played international competition. He has played at the highest level, left-handed hitting catcher, which you always love to get those guys, sure. um, you know, can really catch and throw, um, was in a, a pretty highly regarded um, uh showcase kind of uh all-star game over the summer for new balance where he caught some future first rounders and and uh looked like a a a pro himself um so we're really excited about the catch and throw situation with the left-handed hitter and a chance to hit for some power so anytime you can can get a guy that's really good defensively behind the plate but has a chance to hit um you're really excited about that uh middle infielder andrew sterella Andrew Estrella, uh, yep, shortstop out of Miami. Um, now going to Miami Christian, a uh, you know just one of those guys that's you know just a plus defender. Just has the actions, seems to pick all the right hops, can throw from different angles, has a plus arm from the left side. Um, you know, you, you you go out and you want to find a guy when you recruit that that hopefully can stick at shortstop if they're lucky enough to move on pro to pro baseball. He has all the tools and all the ability to play shortstop at professional baseball level. So, um, you know, we're excited about him in the future. He's he's obviously got to continue to work and get bigger and stronger. But um, yeah, he's 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 got a lot of things you really like from a defensive standpoint. There, the other Canadians, right-handed pitcher Simon. I'll let you give the name. Simon Luzignan. Luzignan. Um, Simon was uh, again, you know, with with Milani and Scavone, kind of the, the big three that started that class for us. Uh, again, a highly ranked national pitcher, um, probably top, you know, arguable one of the top two arms coming out of Canada this year's draft class, um, and we beat some big schools to get him. So we're very excited. He's he exudes projection, six five, long arms, long limbs, been up to ninety three, ninety four. Um, a guy we're going to have to sweat it out, I think, when the draft comes around, um, and and we all know that. But uh, you know, he he chose the school for for a good reason with the academics and and you know what we can do for him from from getting himself ready for his career and future. So you know, I, I know it's going to take a lot of money to get him a, away from a Stetson education and a chance to come to the land. And you've got uh, another right-handed pitcher and also corner infield guy Juan Correa from Weston. Yeah, Juan is, um, you know, another one of those guys kind of like Master Moro where we, uh, you know, we kind of took the player first, um, but you knew that the tools may lead to something else. And he's a guy that, uh, you know, has the the actions to play third base, but probably with his frame being 6'4 and 220 pounds, he ends up at first because mm-hmm. he's going to come to college and he's going to add 15 to 20 pounds. He's got some plus power potential and he can really hit. Um, you know, so he's offensively a very exciting piece, uh, when you talk about, um, the body and the future power that he's going to play into, but you know, he's, he's messed around the last six months on the mound and his coach just sent me some video last week where he was up to 93 on the bump and it's very low effort. So, you know, you shake your head and you're like, well, we got a chance to maybe have a guy that's going to throw a little bit out of the bullpen on the, on the mound. Um, because those guys don't, you know, come around too much where they, they walk in the door, throw 92, 93 as freshmen. And you got a couple other kids from the Gulf Coast region of the state that are going to be preferred walk-ons. You can't necessarily mention their names because they haven't put their deposits down. But tell me a little bit about what you what you what you want out of a walk-on and what you see out of these guys. 
Um, you know, we got uh, Kyle Manitz is another guy that that's actually in the class. That's a, a really good um, position player. Is going to be a corner outfielder for us. Um, has has a really good hit tool. Has hit at a high level uh, and, and just knows how to play the game. He's one of those guys that um, you know may come out of the day. And he's not going to wear batting gloves. He's just you know he's a grinder. The tough that is going to compete his butt off. Uh, and again, comes from a, a storied program uh, of Sarasota High School, mm-hmm. playing for, for Coach Clyde Metcalf, who I've known Clyde for a long, long time. And um, there's you know if there's you know a guy in the in the state that's been known to win and put out players that know how to play the game at a high level, uh, Clyde's right there at the discussion with everybody. So we're excited to get a guy out of uh, you know with the prestige of a Sarasota high school player. Um, and then another young man from the Sarasota area that goes to another, uh, national known program, high school program mm-hmm. that that's in the state championships year after year. And a guy that's played some shortstop for them, some second base for them, a left-handed bat again, where you like the left-handed swingers a little bit. Um, so he's going to be another big piece for us. We're going to come in and compete. And that's one of the things that, you know, you keep hoping when you bring in these new recruiting classes is you have more and more guys every year that are going to, push the competition level, sure. um, have more options at those positions. And, and it seems like every year for the last two to three years, we've brought in three guys that are going to compete right away. Now four guys, now five, now six. And, and hopefully, you know, every year you bring in guys that, that have a chance to, to take a position away from somebody because, um, you know, we want to motivate the best we can, but the best motivation is knowing somebody behind you may take your job. So that's, that's what we want to push the guys. Want to stay up to date on all things happening in Hatter Nation? Follow us on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts at Stetson Hatters. Your destination for in-game stats, student-athlete features, game promotions, and more. Follow at Stetson Hatters today. Stetson fans, Bud Light is proud to be the official beer of Stetson University. Making friends is Bud Light's business, and as part of this, Bud Light wants to remind everyone that choosing a designated driver is what good friends do. Bud Light, Daytona Beverages, and Stetson University thanks everyone for making a responsible choice in choosing a designated driver. And recruiting in baseball has got to be more of a challenge maybe than some other sports because you have to project so much so far out in advance. And especially now that you can't go out and watch them play, and the guys didn't play in the spring much, and so you're really having to project some of these guys as to what they're going to be. I mean, you you strike gold with a guy named like uh, Logan Gilbert, who comes out as a you know corner infielder who's just learning how to pitch, and he's a first round draft pick. But uh, you know, you you try to find that you know hidden gem in every class. You're absolutely right, and it's uh, you know. I, it is a lot different. I talked to a lot of the other coaches for different sports and, you know, you kind of, kind of miss the days where you could wait till a guy was 17 years old to 18 years old to see what the finished product looks like. Now you can't do that, especially not in Florida. Yeah. Uh, there are so many good programs when it comes to college baseball and there are so many uh, outstanding recruiters in the state of Florida. I mean, you know, the guys that, that we go to competition and, and compete against um, in terms of representing their universities and their programs. I mean, you know, it, it's hard to, to beat the guys that are representing their schools here in the state of Florida. So we've, we've got our work cut out for us. So you're absolutely right. You know, you, you sit back and say, we're going to wait and see what they turn it into. You're playing with fire where there's a chance you're going to miss out on a lot of guys you want yeah. early on. So you're absolutely right. It's, it's a difficult thing. And, and, we all make mistakes. You're going to miss on a guy. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, 
we, we try to go home every night saying we may miss on a guy when it comes to the tools on what they can do on the field, but let's not miss on the makeup. Let's not miss on the young man we're bringing into the, to the program. And, you know, if, if you hit on that, right, you get, get good guys in here, you get guys that are serious about their education and, and help strengthen the clubhouse and, and live up to the values we're trying to live up to, then, then you're doing all right. You know, and that's, that's, that's where we want to miss. And you really got to start tracking these kids when they're 13, 14 years old to, to get in the front door. I haven't started at 13 yet, but we've, we've seen some 14 year olds that, that have reached out to us and send in video. And, you know, I, I've, I've uh, tried to, to make sure that we stay, um, you know, close to the sophomore classes just to let the guys kind of get their feet wet. But again, some of the bigger schools are able to go out and get the, the biggest, the strongest, the guys that throw the hardest and, and they're able to, to, to get a kid to make a decision, you know, at that early on in their career. Uh, I, I personally, would rather make sure that a kid makes a decision and is a hundred percent sold that Stetson university is the place he wants to be. Sure. Let's go back and talk about the fall practice. You work specifically with catchers, but also with, with the offensive side, with the hitters, what'd you see out of your catchers? You got four pretty good guys uh, behind the plate offensively different differences in those guys, but four pretty good guys working behind the back behind the plate. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We've, um, it, we're going to say this a lot. There's a lot of competition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think at every position, at every role in this team. And, and I think every, every program in the country is going to say that as well. Um, just with the the overload and guys returning, um, it, it, it lifts up the competition level. And, and you're right. I think all four guys bring something a little different to the table. Um, you know, defensively, uh, there's a couple of guys that have kind of stood out. I think Christian Pregent and, and Danny Martin kind of separated themselves from a defensive standpoint here in the fall. Um, you know, I think both those guys kind of handled the game, controlled the game, called the game, um, at a different level, but, uh, you know, we trust all four of those guys. That's the nice part is you have four guys you can throw out there in a big spot in a tight situation. And we trust that the, the pitch calling is going to be right. And we trust that they're going to command the game, control the game and, and, and limit the, the freebies. You know, I think we've got a, a much different challenge than a lot of other schools where, you know, we're one of maybe a handful of schools out of the 290 some odd Division one programs that, that have their catchers call their own game. Right, right. And that's a huge piece that I think, you know, gets overlooked because it takes a lot of preparation. It takes a lot of time where coach T is in the bullpen talking to our catchers and pitchers about sequencing and, and pitch setups and how to pitch the situations. And he does an amazing job with that. But, um, you know, outside of the ability to throw a really good pop time down the second base and catch every ball that's thrown at you and block balls, uh, you know, with, that have a chance to save runs and save innings for us, then you throw on the component of being able to call the right pitches, you know, at a high level. So, you know, it shakes out a, a little bit and it becomes a big separator for our guys, but um, you know, they all did a nice job. I think um, again, like I said, those two kind of stood, stood a, a little bit ahead of the other two, but you know, a guy like Gio Lorenzo did a tremendous job of improving on the things he wasn't very good at last year and, and came back a better catcher. And Nick Cartieri has been a guy that's caught some big, big games for us over the past couple of years and has caught, you know, at, in a super regional and caught, in a regional when we needed a couple innings out of them and has done a tremendous job as well. So we've got some really good options back there. And one of the things with catching is there's so many facets to it about how you block balls, how you receive balls, how you set up low, small, you know, how you know how you frame pitches for, for the umpires. I mean, there's so many different things that have to go into being a successful catcher that offense is almost not, a, not an important part of it, but it is an important part of it. Um, and leadership is a big part of it. You know, control the infield, not only the pitchers, but control everybody in the infield. Talk about what what you see from those guys as far as that. And what, how, what's your philosophy on some of those things? 
I, I think, you know, you hit a, a, the most important thing on the head is, is are they going to be able to take charge and be a leader out there? And um, I tell these guys all the time is, you know, you, you can be a, you know, uh, introvert off the field, but when that gear goes on, you need to take charge. That needs to be that ass on your chest when it's time to take charge and talk to guys. And you got to be someone different when you're on the field. And I think, you know, all four of those guys are guys that aren't afraid to say something, aren't afraid to make sure that everybody's in the game when they need to be call a timeout, get the whole infield there on, on the dirt if they need to on the mound and get things back in order. But um, yeah, the, those are, that's a big piece. And, and I think all four of those guys, you know, are the type right type of personalities where they can take charge and, and do those things for us. And, you know, yes, as you said, there's so many different pieces that go into the part of, of being a, a really good catcher. But for me, I've always been a defensive first guy back there. Um, you know, I, I think that that position is just so important to really be as close to perfect as you can from a defensive standpoint, uh, that, you know, the sacrifices you give up a little bit on offense, uh, you know, are worth it. If you got a, an elite defender back there, that being said, if all things are equal, the offense is the separator, right? Absolutely. So it's, you know, especially in our ballpark, who's going to help us, who's going to knock and runs, who's not going to strike out, who's going to put the ball in play. That That's the other separator that goes into the offensive side for that position for us. Yeah, 23 pitchers on the staff in the fall. So on four catchers, it's those guys stay pretty busy. A lot of bullpens. A lot of bullpens this fall. I think it was – but at the same time, I think it was really good for our guys because, um, you know, ultimately that's the component of their game that needs the most work is is being able to catch at a high level. And, um, you know, one of the things that I haven't been very happy about the past couple of years here is is the number of pass balls we've had as a staff, as a catching staff uh, that needs to improve. And, and to me, that's that's focus and that's that's more focus and concentration. And um, that that's them taking the details down pitch to pitch. Uh, and, and when you catch, you know, 23 pitchers during the fall, that's a lot of time to work on your focus, a lot of time to work on those things. And, um, you know, it's something that, that we have to get better as, as a catching unit. And, and we, we did a good job working on it this fall. And I thought there was improvement. Um, there's obviously some, some ways to go, but, uh, definitely one of the things that, that we kind of set out uh, at the set offset of the fall and, and as a unit discussed, we wanted to improve upon. One of the great things about having four catchers, especially four veteran guys, although Pregent's still a young guy, he's, he was uh, he was the starter last year. He came in as was a captain as a freshman, so he's got that presence. But you've got four guys, so you don't have to do like in nineteen where Nick caught practically every game. I mean, you can wear a guy out in a hurry. Now you can you can give guys days off and and mix them in and 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 not feel like you're losing a whole lot. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, right? Is can you can you give them a break and and not feel like there's a drop off? And I think that again, going back to the the depth there, I, I think we have the situation where, where you get that this year. Um, obviously that some of the guys are going to be a little bit better in certain capacities than others, but uh, you're giving a guy a day off and the guy you're throwing back there is going to do a good job defensively and have a chance to go out there and get one or two knocks and hit a ball hard and give us some competitive at-bats. And that's, that's really all you can ask for. Florida Orthopedic Associates is proud to support Stetson University Athletics. Don't let pain affect your game. For sports injuries, sprains, fractures, and breaks, if it hurts, see them first at their Orange City walk-in clinic for urgent orthopedic injuries. Offices are located at Deland, Orange City, Lake Mary, and New Smyrna Beach. Florida Orthopedic Associates, state-of-the-art care, close to home. 
show your Stetson spirit and get your green on with officially licensed tees, sweats, hoodies, and more. Go to www.shopgohatters.com. All your Hatters gear is just a click away. Visit www.shopgohatters.com today. Now, Gio's a guy that's not just a catcher. He's going to be in the mix for the for the DH spot, and that's you know one of the things you mentioned earlier is the depth on this team is unbelievable. Especially you know with all the guys back, with you know Georgie's back for a fifth year, and, and McNeil's back for a fifth year. But then you bring in Hernan, and you bring in Jackson, and you bring in uh, uh, Banks Griffith, and, and all those guys, and all of a sudden, and all those freshmen, and you've got a ton of depth and competition all over the place. You're right, and, and you're absolutely right. Geo is the guy that's going to be in the mix for that DH spot. He he has one of the better hit tools on our team um, in terms of being able to put the ball in play, make solid contact, hit the situations when we need him to, and and that's that's a, a a nice problem to have when you've got multiple catchers because last year you're staring at it or two years ago or any other team you're staring at it and you're like, okay, our second, let's say our number two catcher is one of our top nine hitters. Well, how do we plug him in and not DH him? Because if your starting catcher gets hurt and you got to insert the DH into the game, that's blowing up your whole lineup. And now you've got some options where if G is starting the game at the DH spot, you don't have to change up the lineup. You don't have to have a pitcher hitting. You don't have to burn up your bench. If you know, God forbid an injury happens early on in the game. Yeah, I mean, even back to, you know, I mentioned 19 with Cardi catching all the games, but even back to 18, Austin Hill caught almost every game. And right. that's, you know, regardless of how good they are behind the plate, catching five days a week will take a toll. It's tough. It definitely wears on you, yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, you some of the guys we brought in. We got so many different options, first base, right field, DH, with Geo in the mix. You got like five guys that are vying for playing time in three spots. It's going to be, and you make out the lineup most of the days, and I know y'all all talk about it, but it's going to be a challenge to figure out who gets playing time every day. It is, but, you know, as coach does a great job of telling these guys in the fall is they make the lineup. We just put it on paper, um, you know, but I think one of the things I'm most excited about is, uh, you know, we've, we're really left-handed this year in terms of bats no at the plate. Um, and that's one of the things that, I quickly kind of took notice of in this conference is left-handed lineups win left-handed starters win in this conference. Um, you know, so you try to get as left-handed as you can because uh, the righty lefty matchups starting to play a lot more in college baseball. You're seeing guys go to matchups and um, you know, the majority of the arms that you're going to see that have big stuff in this conference are right-handed. So the more left-handed you can be in the lineup, it definitely gives you a, a little bit of an advantage. Um, so, you know, I, I like the options that we have. I like the pieces we have. Um, you know, we've, we've got tons of competition in the outfield and then you've got four or five guys on the dirt on the infield, not talking about first base, but you know, just second, short and third, um, you got four or five guys that can do it and do it at a pretty good level. And then you, you know, you bring in a couple of guys that have, have been starters at the division one level for multiple years. So we definitely got more physical this year. We definitely got more left-handed this year. Um, and you know, as I said, there's, there's lots of options at every spot. And, you know, Melching Field's never going to be accused of being a home run hitter's park. But if you're going to have success putting the ball out of the park, being left-handed is probably a help because the wind's usually going to blow out to right that right field corner, right field alley. So if you're going to, if you're going to have any chance to get the ball out of the park, left-handed is the way to go. 
There, there's no doubt. I think Eric Fagos told me he wanted to be left-handed about 30 times the last two years. So, um, you know, the righties can definitely juice a couple of balls and kind of get caught up in the, in the jet stream. But, um, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's uh, you definitely got to get it good to get out of this ballpark, but you know, we brought in a couple guys that are physical enough that can, that can play this ballpark and, and leave it if they need to. Um, so that's, that's an exciting thing. Uh, you know, Hearn and Sardinas came in, um, for us and, and led the team and, and home runs this fall, um, who is a four-year starter at Maine, kid from Miami, excited to get closer to home. Uh, he's the guy that came in and he's going to be a left-handed power bat that's got a chance to hit in the middle of the lineup and has hit at a high level and, and hit against some really good programs and some really good stuff and has been a producer. Um, and he's one of those guys that, that you know you can account on for a couple more home runs this year in the lineup for sure. And then you got Brandon Hilton, who's another guy who's really not had a chance to show what he's done. I mean, he had a great start last year, and then the season got cut off. But, I mean, he's a guy that's, you know, I, I fully expect to see some 450, 480-foot shots out of. Yeah, we, we've got a group that's, yeah, may win, may win the competition stepping off the bus when you got Hilton and, and uh, you know, his ability to, to hit the ball a long way, Eric Fago, uh, you know, Hernan Sardinas. Um, you know, you go down the line, there, there's some big body guys that, that – are physical and, and can drive the baseball. So we're, we're definitely excited about that. And not only, not even the big body guy, there's a lot of guys that can really put some juice to it. There, there, there's no doubt. I think um, that that's the tough part. Sometimes in this program, in this ballpark is there's guys that can't leave the yard, but if you play that game and it's the wrong day and the wind's blowing in, you're wasting that bat. So I, I think that's why we, we just constantly focus on, on solid contact uh, impacting the baseball the best you can at a high level. And um, you know, Try try to play. Try to swing the bats for doubles. Try to swing for doubles, and if we miss, we got a chance to ride it out of the yard. Um, but at our wet, at our worst, we're we're still trying to hit line drives in the gap for sure. Our local bottler, Coca-Cola Beverages Florida, is a proud sponsor of Stetson Athletics. They make sure you have the perfect addition to any game day. The refreshing taste of an ice-cold Coke. Stetson Athletics and Coke Florida, a winning combination. So let's talk a little bit about your path to where you are now. You start, you went, you grew up in Gainesville, went to high school in Gainesville, but and you went to the University of Florida, but you didn't go directly across town on your way to get to uh, to uh, play for the Gators. Uh, talk a little bit about your path going to uh, Bruton, Alabama, from Gainesville, and then on to uh, Delgado and playing for Joe Sherman. Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely did the, uh, the the small town USA tour right out of the gate of high school when I went to Bruton, Alabama. So I. Um, you know, uh, Jefferson Davis uh, used to be the name of the community college. It's now Coastal Alabama South, I believe. They changed it. Um, but they had won a national championship uh, the year before I graduated for the Division II Junior College. Um, one of the uh, kids that I played American Legion uh, baseball with back when Legion was a thing before it went to travel baseball um, ended up there somehow. Um, and the coach came down and saw me play and you know, I had a chance to, to go to some smaller division ones right out the gate, but just want to give myself a couple of years to, to develop and get better. Um, and decided to go to junior college and felt like that was, that was a great opportunity as, as my coach, uh, Keith Griffin used to remind us every day. Um, you guys are in Bruton, Alabama. There's nothing else to do except practice. So say, <laughs> people don't know where Bruton, Alabama is. It's the middle of nowhere. It is. It's just drive to Pensacola and drive North. Uh, for about 45 minutes and you'll run into the traffic light sooner yeah. or later. So yeah, the, the uh, one light. it was, it was, it was a year where I got to, you know, focus and learn how to play the game and learn how to work hard. And um, you know, uh, it was definitely a, 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 an education in terms of blue collar mentality. That's for sure. 
And from there, you head west down I-10 and go play at Delgado for Joe Sherman, who if people don't know Joe Sherman, I know Joe from work number of uh, Sugar Bowls and New Orleans mm-hmm. Bowls, and he always works with the media operation at those games. So I got to know Joe a little bit working some of those games, but he's a heck of a, you know, he's got a heck of a legacy there at Delgado. Hey, Joe's a legendary coach in junior college baseball. There's no way around it. And his father um, was kind of a pioneer when it comes to, to, to baseball in New Orleans. And honestly, was a celebrity in New Orleans when it, Absolutely. you know, run, running those events, as you spoke about being, a, being a, a piece that was involved in the sugar bowl, uh, owned horses in the, at the horse track. And mm-hmm. um, so everybody knew who rag Sherman was. Um, yep. But yeah, you know, I, I moved on. One of my really good friends was graduating high school and was going to Delgado. And I decided I wanted to go play with him for a year. And it was back in the day where the transfers was, it was different. So you can kind of bounce around <laughs> yeah. and go to four schools in four years. It didn't really matter. And um, so all that mattered was me getting my two year degree. So I went to, to Delgado for a year and, and played for coach Sherman and, uh, you know, it was, it was an awesome opportunity to, to learn and play for a coach like that. And, and also spend a year in, in New Orleans. It was pretty cool to, to be a, a student in, in New Orleans and be around for the Mardi Gras season and sure. do all that stuff. And, uh, so it was a neat experience for sure. And ultimately, uh, was able to build myself up back into the player I wanted to be and, and led me to an opportunity to, to, to go back to my dream school at the time, which was the university of Florida. So that was, that was, it worked out. So you got recruited back to Florida or did you come and walk on? Uh, had communication, told him didn't need a scholarship, but just wanted to make the team. And I said, come on. So that's all I needed to hear. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, family, you know, was right there and just had a chance to play in front of my grandparents and my parents. And that's, that's, and, and wanted a chance to compete for a spot. And that's all I, that's all I needed. So two years in games, we had pretty good, pretty good uh, experience and pretty good success. It, it was awesome. It was, uh, it was one of those things where, you know, it was everything that, that I had hoped for, obviously, you know, just like any competitive guy, you want to play a little bit more than you did. I was, I was a role guy. I was a backup my first year and had a couple of injuries, um, my, my senior year where it was hand surgery after hand surgery, but, um, you know, had an opportunity to, to get out there and play in some, some meaningful games and hit a couple home runs and, you know, got to do that in front of my family and friends, which was a neat opportunity. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a nice experience for sure. So where along that path did you decide you wanted to be a coach? It, you know, it was one of those things I was in um, exercise and sports sciences and got my degree in sport management and business and and thought that I wanted to work in baseball and, and you know, more was thinking towards the front office side. I, I really like the player development side. I really like the general manager type stuff, thinking about drafts, players, player contracts, all that stuff kind of floated around that a little bit. And, um, that summer, uh, you know, need a little extra money after my first year of grad school. So I worked, um, the, the, the Florida baseball camps with, uh, with coach McMahon, mm-hmm. um, Pat McMahon, for those who don't know, you know, again, uh, one of those guys, that's a hall of fame, ABCA, uh, one of the most well-respected coaches to ever be in sec baseball, NCAA baseball, and a Stetson uh, guy. just an unbelievable human being. Yeah. He's a Stetson grad. Yes. And Stetson grad as well. I, I, he was one of my first three calls, I think, after I took the job here to let him know I was going back to his alma mater. So, um, <laughs> but you know, getting to, to work that summer with, with coach McMahon and watch him in the camps and, and just going back to the connection that, that he made and, and impact him he had on me when I was a player, um, made me think, man, this coaching thing's pretty cool. If you could ever do it at a level where you, you can make a living out of it. And, um, you know, went off that summer and, uh, did the, the camp thing, came back and 
actually spent a summer coaching um, in the Valley League, which is a collegiate baseball league. And um, with one of my good friends, who's now a cross checker with the, the Dodgers. And we spent a summer coaching um, kids that were three, four years younger than us. And we were the coaches, but it was a, it was a neat experience. And ultimately kind of led me down the road where, where I got into coaching is I enjoyed coaching players at that level where I felt like, um, you know, it's, it's a higher level of baseball and coached a couple, uh, two or three kids that were university of Miami baseball players. And, uh, that's where that whole relationship started and went back to, to start the fall. Um, you know, from my last semester of graduate school at Florida and was just checking in with those guys. And, uh, they, they told me that their, their volunteer assistant, who was the catching coach, just left Miami to take a job at Wright State, who's actually, funny enough, Greg Lovelady, who's the head coach at UCF now. UCF, yeah. So Love and I have a good relationship from going back there. Um, and, you know, so that's that kind of how that started. And, um, you know, didn't think I had much of a shot being a Florida grad to get a job in Miami, but it was persistent and sent a lot of emails and made a lot of phone calls and just, again, wanted an opportunity. Um, and that Two months later, uh, I finally got an opportunity to interview, and that's that's kind of it. Imageworks is your one-stop corporate identity shop. Find everything you need for your business from printing, apparel, signs, vehicle graphics, promotional products, and much more. Imageworks is a proud sponsor of the Hatters. And you had you had a chance in Miami not only play for his work with a historic coach and and, and Jim Morris and at a historic program was you know College World Series trips and war, and national championships but had some great players I mean Ryan Braun and you know Yonder Alonso just just announced his retirement uh, um, guys Monty Grandal I mean you had some pretty good players while you were down there yeah absolutely it was uh, it was a, a really cool experience in the regard that you got to see. Um, you know, how, how a, a, a dynasty, how a program was run, um, you know, from uh, again, another hall of fame coach. I, I've, I can't, you know, be thankful enough to, to be on the road I've been on just to see how the guys that are the best in this business do it. You know, sure. um, again, you go back to coach Sherman at, at Delgado playing for, for Pat McMahon, uh, again, a blessing, you know, my hitting coach was John Cohen, the athletic director at Mississippi state. Yeah. Um, you know, I, that that's that, then you go down and you work for Jim Morris and, and Jim was unbelievable and, and work with alongside Gino and work alongside JD who are still there. Um, and then obviously, you know, you come down the road and have a chance to work with, with a guy like coach Schemper who's done a tremendous job. So my education, when it comes to coaching, uh, I'd like to put up there with, with a lot of people in the country in terms of learning from those people and seeing how they did it. But you're right. The, the type of players, you know, I walked in the first year and then, yeah, you got Ryan Braun, um, and you got, uh, you know, uh, Gabby Sanchez, who's now, uh, doing commentating for the Marlins who was on that roster at the mm-hmm. time. Cesar Carrillo was a first rounder. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's been a, a lot of guys that have come through that program. And the neat part is I've been able to keep in touch with a lot of those guys. Um, uh, you know, and you know, a couple of days ago was just called, called Yonder to wish him congratulations on his retirement. And, um, you know, the stories and the backgrounds that a lot of those guys came from, you can only wish the best for those guys because they don't come from much. Yonder was, you know, one of the, the handful of, of young men that started their lives in Cuba and to, to see, 
you know, them starting from there and starting from nothing and coming over to have a chance to, to get a college education and then being a first rounder. And then 10 years down the road, they've had a 10 year major league baseball career. Like that, that's a really cool story to watch and get to sit on the sidelines and see a young man change his life for himself and his family. Now your coaching career hasn't been all college either. You, you spent some time kind of on the other side of the recruiting side of it, working with some of these uh, travel ball teams and, and seeing not only helping run those programs and coach those programs, but seeing the recruiting part of it from the backside. How, how does that influence the way you recruit and the way you work with kids as, in terms of your job as a recruiting coordinator? Yeah. So I, you know, left Miami, went to UCF and, and had one good year at UCF and just, you know, uh, decided it was, you take time to take a step back, uh, myself, you know, and head coach at the time didn't, didn't quite, quite get along in the ways we wanted to do some things, which is fine. And that's, it just was time for me to step back and decide if this was something I wanted to do and wanted to start a family. So my wife and I took some time and obviously I wanted to stay in baseball. So, um, had a chance to, to do some things with USA baseball, um, had my own travel team that, that I worked with another, uh, gentleman who, who was an unbelievable person, um, and, you know, coached, I think it was four first rounders and a supplemental pick and a second rounder. Um, the type of guys that we had on that team, uh, it was a really cool experience, but, um, you're right. Got to see the recruiting side from the, from the other end of the spectrum, which mm-hmm. is, which is really cool. Cause it's, uh, get to see how other coaches like to do things. Sure. Right. So yeah, I jump back in the game and I, and I, I kind of quickly know how some of the other guys like to do their, do their business, you know? Sure. So it's, uh, definitely gives you some advantages. Um, but it's also just on that side, on that end, it also, um, made the situation and the process of recruiting a little bit more human because I got to see people that I cared about day to day, young men that I've been trying to coach. Uh, you see the process for really making sure that these kids are making the right decisions, you know, um, not just, uh, competitive side of it, of trying to get a kid because you want them more than somebody else does, or you're trying to beat another school on a kid, but uh, ultimately understanding that, you know, you, you should want a kid to join your program because he wants to, not because you smooth talk them, not because you're a better car salesman than the next right. guy, right. not because even you offered him a little bit more money, but because he fits in your program, because you have, you know, a vision for him, you have plans for him and you want him to be a part of the program. And that's, that's where I really kind of felt like that, the process changed for me a little bit there. Now, obviously you had a, you had a nice career as a college baseball player. You saw, talked about stepping back and, and having a family. You're not the best athlete in your house. Talk a little bit no. about, about uh, Katie and what she's uh, been able to accomplish. Yeah, no, everything I do is just trying to keep up with my wife. She's uh, <laughs> she, she is, I don't know how she does it. She's a marathoner an accomplished marathoner. She um, coaches runners on the side. She's a uh, stay at home um teaches our, uh, you know, helps our kids with school right now, works full time and she's doing graduate school here at Stetson, getting her, her graduate degree. So somehow she's managing all that and still goes out there and can run a marathon faster than I could probably finish a half. So, uh, yeah, I, um, I try to keep myself as close to being in shape as possible just so I don't look bad for her. She's she's done the Boston marathon, right? What, pardon me? She's done the Boston marathon, right? She's done Boston. Yeah. She, um, actually it was, it was really neat. Boston's in the middle of the season, um, for us. And uh, I guess it was what, two, two years ago, 2018, we finished Lipscomb 
And uh, I hopped the plane and was able to fly up there that night and be there for her for the next day when she ran the race. And um, that was, she was born up in Massachusetts. So Boston Marathon's always had a special place for her. And um, it was probably the worst weather of any Boston Marathon in the last 30 years. It was 30 degrees and it was raining and sleeting and the wind was blowing. But um, she was thrilled to run it and I was freezing, but thrilled to be here for her. And it was it was a neat experience for, for both of us, for sure. And then y'all both spend all your time chasing Roman and CT around, correct? Yes, yes. Five and seven-year-old boys and uh, they are all boy. It's um, climbing trees, playing different sports, swimming in the pool, running around, hitting in the cages. Like they, they do it all. They do it all. Now they want to follow in dad's footsteps and play baseball? I'm sure they will ultimately at, at the end of the day, uh, they're going to be around it enough. Sure enough. I, I've tried to, I've tried to not push it on them too much. Um, you know, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll play baseball in the house a little bit until mom gets mad and we'll do it in the backyard <laughs> and I'll bring them to the cages. But uh, I'm not one of those that says you have uh, push it on them in the full season. So they, they're kind of choosing their own path, but they definitely enjoy it. They love coming to the games. Yeah. They love the team. Uh, our, our team is, uh, they're so, yeah, obviously this year is a different story with, with the COVID thing, but um, every single one of the guys in the locker room treats them like, like a younger brother. And it, it's, my kids are so lucky to have the opportunity they have to be around these guys and um, be treated the way they are. And, and that's, that's probably one of the coolest things about being a coach is, is getting to see, you know, the guys in your clubhouse, take your own children and, and, you know, entertain them have fun with them make them happy put smiles on their faces make them laugh that that's a cool thing so you wrap up fall practice of about 10 days before thanksgiving recruiting season's in the bag you got you guys signed and, and you're good to go there you got two months now to, to wait what do you how do you how do you i mean you're a guy that's a high energy guy that's always going and doing how do you stop what do you, what well, do you recruiting, do? Recruiting never stops. So that's, that's going to be something like it's one of those things that, you know, we're going to, we're going to sit back and again, kind of reevaluate the 21 class and um, you know, see how when grades come out, see if some guys are kind of making some decisions for us in terms of sure. future plans and things like that. But uh, yeah, we've already moved on to, you know, our 22 classes is, is really good. We can't obviously talk about those guys cause they haven't signed, but sure. um, end of the day, I think it's going to be a top 25 class in the country. Um, I, I, we've got some, some dynamic, athletes in that class, um, some tremendous players in that class. And then we've, we're on to 23 and 24s, you know, we're, we're corresponding, communicating with those guys. So, um, you know, we're definitely going to continue to work in that regard. Um, you know, it's also this time of year where the convention, the, the circuit for the conventions sure. ramp up. So, um, you know, again, the COVID thing, it's not going to be in person, but we're going to do some virtual things. So, um, I know coach, coach Tremper and coach Thurneau are both going to uh, do some, some online speaking, um, things, and I'm going to do a couple as well on catching. Um, so give you some time to work on some stuff and, and kind of, for me, it's always nice to put your own methodology and thoughts down on paper or in a PowerPoint, cause it kind of makes you reevaluate it. So, get a couple months to, to make sure you, you, you like what you're teaching on a daily basis. So that, that's another unique thing. And then, uh, you know, just try to get prepared for the season. Cause I think there's going to have to be so many contingency plans this year and so sure. many things you're ready to make moves on and have to redo it and do it differently. Um, so the planning side is, is going to be there as well. And then ultimately, obviously around the holidays, enjoy some time with the family. 
Love Stetson Athletics? Then join the team behind the team. Donate to the Hatter Athletic Fund to help keep your Stetson Hatters at the top of elite competition. If you're interested in donating to provide opportunities for Stetson student-athletes, log on to GoHatters.com and click on the Hatter Athletic Fund link in the Support the Hatters tab. Insight Credit Union is a proud partner of Stetson University Athletics. Insight has been bringing better banking to Central Florida for nearly 85 years. Insight Credit Union is your local go-to for lower rates on auto and other loans, credit cards, and more. Insight Credit Union and you, better together. Yeah, Obviously, getting ready for a new season is always exciting for everybody, but this coming season I think is going to be probably more exciting for the players and coaches to get to get ready because you just want to get back out and compete and, and having that all taken away, not only for the spring, for the players, but for the summer as well. Uh, for most of those guys, I'm sure they're just going to be itching to get back on the field and, and see somebody in a different Jersey. Yeah. I, I would think a hundred percent, you know, you, a lot of the recruits that I've been talking to lately, I tell them how lucky they are that they were able to get out this summer and this fall and play because yeah, you know, you had a handful of summer leagues that were, were, were going this summer and, and we had some of our guys play in those leagues, but you've got probably 50% of this roster that, that hasn't played another uniform and the last, it's going to be going on 13, 12, 13 months, uh, yeah. 12 months. So that's, that's something that's obviously, you know, foreign to everybody. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think when, when day one game one gets here in the, in the, in, in February, uh, you're going to see 48 guys looking like it's Christmas morning when they get out there and get a chance to, to tow the rubber and set between the lines again. Well, I'll speak for everybody that's listening to this and everybody that follows Stetson baseball. I can't wait because it's, you know, obviously it's your favorite time of the year. It's my favorite time of the year. And um, I can't I can't wait to to hear that guy behind the plate y'all play ball and let's get back to doing it. Absolutely, uh, it's you know I, I'm ready for the I'm excited for the holidays, but we can fast forward as soon as, as soon as Christmas Day gets here and go ahead and get me to, to to February. I'll be ready to go. That's right. Well, me too, Joe. I appreciate you taking some time with me today. It's been a lot of fun, and I can't wait to to see uh, your guys go out on the field and win a bunch of games this year. And I'm you know frankly I'm looking forward to going to Omaha next summer. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, Rick. It was, it was a lot of fun to talk about the team and the program and uh, uh, enjoy what you, this show. And thanks for what you're doing. Go Hats. Very good. Thanks, Joe. And uh, again, thanks to Joe Mercadante for joining us here on Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Insight Credit Union. And uh, we'll uh, have another visit with another baseball coach. we got Brandon Brewer lined up for the next edition. So we'll get, uh, get the Brewers take on everything here in the next week or so. So look forward to that coming forward. And uh, again, go Hatters. And that'll do it for this edition of Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Insight Credit Union. I'd like to thank all of our corporate sponsors who make it possible for Stetson University and Stetson Athletics to provide our more than 400 student athletes a quality experience on the courts and fields of competition in the same way the faculty provides all Stetson University students a quality educational experience. Those sponsors include, of course, our presenting sponsor, Insight Credit Union. Other sponsors include... Florida Public Utilities. Visit askforgas.com for more information. GEICO Insurance. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com to find out how. Advent Health. Visit westvolusia.com. Old Florida, new vibe. Coca-Cola Beverages of Florida. The Alliance Community for Retirement Living. Bud Light, the official beer of Stetson University. Florida Orthopedic Associates. If it hurts, see them first. 
Hampton Inn and Suites of Deland. ImageWorks, your one-stop corporate identity shop. Main Street Community Bank, familiar name, familiar faces, familiar bank. Morningstar Storage, the space you need, the way you want it. Orlando Sanford International Airport. Visit flysfb.com. Simpler, faster, better. Total Comfort, the name you can trust. And Weston Lake Mary Orlando North, for a better you. Thank you to all of our corporate sponsors.